I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 108. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. It's Scott Peckford from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Adil Mauji of Invis in Calgary. As one of my friends said to me about Adil, he's one of the most respected gentlemen in the Alberta mortgage market. After my talk with Adil, I realized he's young, innovative, and crushing it. A couple takeaways for me, at least, how hiring an assistant has helped him get his time back, and he gives some great advice on giving advice. An interesting fact about Adil, he was the past president of AMBA in Alberta and has an economics degree and is one smart dude. I think you're going to like this interview. This episode is sponsored by the career sections of I Love Mortgage Brokering. The career section allows brokers who are trying to decide where to hang their license to connect with brokerages that are hiring. It's like a dating service for brokers and owners. If you're a broker looking at options, go to the site, put in your postal code, and you'll get a list of brokerages that are recruiting in your area. You can compare things like company size, do they have office space, which lenders they have status with, etc. Check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash careers to find your perfect match. And check out this interview with Adil. You're going to love it. Hey, Adil. Welcome to the show. Thanks. How are you guys doing? Great. So I really appreciate, man, you taking the time today. And uh, I always like to ask, how did you get into the mortgage business? Because no one ever starts out as a little kid in kindergarten and says, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So what was your path uh, into this great business? Well, you know what? It's uh, it's actually funny. I could probably relate to your example you just gave me right now, simply because it was a very close family member of mine who was a financial advisor. And it was while I was in my last semester of university at the University of Calgary. She had taken on mortgages as part of her financial planning practice. And it was getting to a point where she, her office alone couldn't manage uh, the business on their own. So it was something, a place where I had always gone to go and help and work. And, you know, as a kid, I would go and file after school. It was my, my ride home from school and a way to spend time with my aunt, I guess. Right. And uh, so I had a general understanding of her business and how it operates. She, she knew I had a passion for real estate. She advised me to take the course, which I did. And uh, I had the opportunity to learn the business off uh, off her clients. And we were able to grow it into a successful practice that it is today. Right. So she was a financial planner who happened to sort of be uh, cross-trained in mortgages. Does she still financial planner? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a large financial planning practice. Uh, they incorporate insurance, uh, which I'm actually licensed in as well. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, financial planning. There's an accounting side. There's a, a wills and estate side. They have legal side. There's a real estate development side uh, that she just does within our family. And uh, so it's grown into something that you could call it a full service practice. You could say. Right. It's almost like a bank. Um, but almost, except except for a tell that we don't have the ability to deposit your money into our own bank account. I guess. Right. Which would be fantastic, wouldn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Cool, man. And so I, before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a quote um, that's had an impact on your life or business. I love how quotes portable, they're memorable. I use them all the time to sort of help me stay on track. So do you have a quote that's really had an impact on you? You know, it's, I, don't, I don't know if it's a quote, but it's more of a saying. It's uh, do right by others and right will be done to you. That's really good. Do right by others and right will be done. So how have you applied that philosophy um, to your business or to your life? Can you think of an example? And every single decision I make in life, uh, whether every, every single client I deal with, every strategy we, we present to them, any anybody you speak to, we treat our clients equally, whether it's a $10 million mortgage or whether it's a $1,000 mortgage. Every client gets the same experience, the same level of service, the same level of respect. And uh, that genuine willingness to help, there's no deal there. There's always a solution for that client. If they're coming just for, for help, they're in a tight spot. 
and it's not something that a mortgage broker can do. We will help them out. We will guide them, and we will find a solution for them so that we leave a lasting impression on them. So with how I was raised mm-hmm. uh, to help others, whether we're doing it as part of our business or just in general, the thing that I'll always live by. So can you, I love stories and examples because it just helps sort of sink in a point. So do you have like an example of a client who came to you and maybe you couldn't help them, but you were able to point them in the direction to kind of help them move forward? Funny, I've a hundred of them. Well, one that just popped into my head was uh, the client actually who we never, three times he's actually come to us. He walked in the door to our office. One time he was getting, uh, wasn't getting the right advice from, uh, he had a mortgage that was coming up for, or he was trying to port. Mm-hmm. And he was an existing TD Bank customer. He was dealing with his branch. You know, he'd always dealt with his branch. He was trying to port his mortgage over from one house to the other, but they weren't letting him do it for whatever reason. At the time, we had a TD account manager on the broker side who was a great person. Her name was Betty, but she's no longer in the industry. And uh, she was able to call her branch contact, the branch manager of that branch, and just help the client out. They were able to get him a, get him a solution. He was able to take possession of his house. His mortgage was able to be ported over, and uh, he, did, didn't have to, he didn't trigger a penalty, and all was good. Obviously, there was no benefit to us as a broker to help that uh, because there was no commissions received. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the client came out happy. Since that time, we've helped him out on three other mortgages. He's referred over a dozen clients to us simply because one act of good faith that we helped him out when he was in a big pinch. It's, it's worked as a very fruitful relationship. That's really good. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we brokers forget about the lifetime value of that relationship. And When, when you have a client, you're, they should be your client for life. And that's, mm-hmm. you, you cannot lose that sight. I don't appreciate it when people say this is a very transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. It should be a very personal relationship. You're dealing with people's finances and uh, professionalism and needs to be extended in all aspects, whether it's with, with regards to their mortgage or a personal situation that the client may be going through. Uh, you're usually one of the first people that they call. If it's a marital breakdown, they're calling the mortgage broker. If it's a big financial decision, you're calling your mortgage broker to buy a, to buy a home. If it's something, if it's a debt consolidation where uh, clients have already extended themselves and you're there to help them out and bail them out, you're, they're calling their mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just makes me love the job. And it goes, I guess, to saying, you know, I love mortgagebrokering.com is like one of the best things I could. I, I can't believe I never thought of it before, but I absolutely love it. So. Right. So I'm glad you didn't have the domain. Otherwise, it would have been a little awkward. have been like, oh, I don't have the domain that I want. Well, it's, I, would, I would have totally just given it to you. If, this, if you had the time to go and do this podcast, I think it's great to be able to share our experiences with the industry. Cool. Thanks, man. And help, for, and help great mortgage brokers all over the place because we are the, the minority in, in our industry right now. Mm-hmm. Totally. The more we can grow as a whole, the better. Yeah, let's let's just grow the size of the pie instead of trying to like take pie from each other. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so I want to ask about failure. I know that talking to successful mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs, failure happens is never fatal. And looking back, there's always a lesson. So can you share something that you had failed at, but now looking back, there was a lesson there for you? Absolutely. So this memory is always fresh in my head. Uh, it was probably my first two months trying to generate business. Well, why do you generate business? You call all of the people in your network and say, hey, I'm a mortgage broker. I'd like to start doing business with you. Well, there's another financial advisor that I know extremely well, and uh, he's a very good friend of mine. And uh, the first, he was, he was very seasoned at this time. And the first meeting I had with him, he asked me a question. Like, Can you get a TD Bank line of credit? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't I be able to? This is me not even knowing the full extent of the TD product line. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second I got out, like, and it took him by surprise, and the second I got out of that meeting, I called our office. I'm like, can we get a TD line of credit? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, shit. 
like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like right away, I, like I learned my first lesson, I had to, and I had to go and retract my words. And the lesson I learned was don't speak unless you know what you're talking about. Don't give advice unless you know the full extent of the advice you're giving. Right. Um, if you're going to give a client a tax advice, make sure you have an accounting background. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give a client financial advice about their investments or RSPs or whatnot, how, or strategy they should be doing, make sure you're licensed in those areas and qualified to give that advice. Uh, because the one wrong thing you can say can ruin your relationship with your client and probably get you in trouble with your regulators. Right, totally. That, that's good advice. Speak to what you know and to what your expertise is. And if not, refer out to a referral partner for advice where you're not an expert in. Right, and it's okay to say, I'll need, I, don't, I need to check. I need to look into that for you. Absolutely. I, I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I always say if someone wants advice on where to invest their RSPs or if they're taking money out to invest with a financial advisor and they ask your opinion, don't give it because unless you're qualified to give your opinion. Mm-hmm. People will respect you more if you're honest and upfront about it rather than you trying to impress your client and say, oh, well, you can do this and you can do that. You may not know the whole, all the ins and outs as, as to what their overall financial strategy is mm-hmm. and what their overall financial picture is. Whereas their advisor is good and knows what they're doing, they should have the know-how to handle that one piece versus you know the mortgage side. They might not know the whole mortgage side. They might just refer their clients to get lines of credits when they're not always the best, the right fit for them. Right, and you know I've had lawyers give like mortgage advice where they're like, well, I, you know, they don't understand why a client maybe had to go with a certain mortgage because they don't see the whole thing, and and I get frustrated. So it would be no different if you're giving you know legal advice, which you should never do. But, and, you know, it's like you're staying in your own uh, specialty. And if you're, if you want to talk about something, be, become a specialist or learn it. Don't just learn it and get the letters behind your name so that nobody can call or question you on your professionalism because that'll, that'll, right. Totally. Um, so I've also noticed talking to successful brokers that they have systems and processes and they're willing to tweak or adjust them to get better results. I want to ask you about an administrative process that you had maybe that wasn't working the way you'd like. And then a change you made in the outcome you got. Well, it's a really easy one. You tried to do it all yourself to save to save that little extra dollar. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the worst thing I could have ever done because it took my time away from uh, from actually focusing on my clients and servicing my clients. Uh, you know, little things like filing, keeping organized, just my to do list. Uh, to do list I, I manage on my own because I have to create them. But tracking your clients' deals, tra- uh, write everything down, whether it's in a spreadsheet or on a piece of paper. Write everything down so that you're not missing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the last thing you want to do is to say, oh, shoot, I've got to get these documents into a lender. And uh, if there's any lenders or my other lenders are listening to me, they're probably laughing because I'm probably the, wor- I'm, I'm the worst at this, at sending in docs late. Mm-hmm. Just keep organized that way because it'll make your life a lot easier. If you need help with your you know, filing, your compliance, if you're a busy enough broker where you don't have the ability to hire someone to help you with that. Because the more organized you are, the more you can focus on brokering and getting business, which is what your strength should be. Mm-hmm. And so tell me, how long were you in the business before you got an assistant? Four years. Three years? Three, four years? Now that you have one, would you go back to not having an assistant? I don't think I'd be able to. So it's more so, I shouldn't call it like I have a, I wouldn't say I have a full time assistant because she's not full time, but she comes in uh, a couple times a week and she'll organize my office, put my papers in my files, uh, get my compliance ready so that uh, obviously compliance can be processed. She keeps me organized and all I have to do is focus on talking to clients, getting docs out, getting deals in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally believe an assistant makes you money, doesn't they? don't cost you money if you... Absolutely. It's, it's, the more time you can create for yourself to do your business, to do your work, mm-hmm. the better you are off. So. Right. 
So uh, that's that's really good advice. So what about on sales and marketing now? I want to ask about maybe a sales or marketing process that didn't work the way you wanted um, and then a change you made in the outcome that you got. To be honest, I the best thing I ever did was get a website. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because it generates leads for me, but because it creates a, a presence. Clients can apply online if they want. They have the ease of doing so. And it actually populates directly into Phylogix. Mm-hmm. So it saves me. See, it's, it's a matter for me to save time. I, you know, we can update our rates on there. It, just, it creates an online presence. So I think that's a good thing. I've never actually. That's the only money I've ever spent on marketing. I've never taken out an ad in a paper. I've never created a Facebook page. I'm probably the only mortgage broker that doesn't have a Facebook page uh, for their business. Mm-hmm. I have a personal page which I keep personal, and uh, the reason why I do it is because I found that word of mouth has been the best source of marketing for me. Uh-huh. Uh, doing right by others, right will be done to you. That's exactly what I meant when I made that statement earlier on in our podcast. Simply because every single client who you create an impression on and you service well, they're going to tell, they're going to do the marketing for you. Mm-hmm. So, do you just out of curiosity, do you ask your clients for absolutely? So, how do you? If I'm your client and you just did a great, you did right by me, and I'm happy. And so, what do you what do you say to me? To nine, nine times out of ten, a client will say, "You know, we are so impressed. Thank you." helping us thank you for everything you've done i like the best way you can thank me is to get our name out there and i explain to them how we generate our business how our business works mm-hmm. i give them a history about, about or some knowledge base about how we operate and how we don't charge our clients unless obviously it's a private mortgage where we have to charge a fee and how our commissions are paid for by lenders that our advice our time with you is free of charge to you mm-hmm. and uh, the best Thank you. They could ever give us would be to refer us to their fa- friends or family if they know anyone who's gay, looking to get a mortgage. Right, and so that's where the pr- predominant majority of your business comes from. It's a significant business ask, mm-hmm. and uh, it always works out. Um, I want to ask about diversifying your income. You're in an insurance or a financial planning office. You have an insurance license. So, how valuable has having an insurance license been for you as a mortgage broker? Oh, it's, a, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing because it's a way to offer better product. Like we're not just restricted to offering mortgage term insurance. Uh, we're able to offer, if we know what the client's situation is, they need a disability, a, a better disability coverage, if they need a critical illness coverage. If they've got medical conditions where the standard mortgage insurance will not cover, they have options still. Mm-hmm. Right? You're able to give more options with have a more permanent impact on the client's life. Sometimes those options might be a little bit more costly, but in the long run, it's an overall better coverage. It's not a decreasing term. So... I do sell both the mortgage and the and I guess the permanent the term policies or whatever we do we do we do do a lot of term but we do a lot of disability for a self employed person uh, disability insurance is a really big thing mm-hmm. we have someone who's actually a dedicated insurance specialist so I'm licensed with Hollis Wealth which is owned by Scotia Bank and we have a dedicated insurance specialist uh, that works out of the financial planning practice who takes out who who focuses on it, who's up to date on every single product offering that's out there so the clients are getting the right advice and uh, we're able to offer them the best products out there. In our opinions. Right. That's so that, that suits their needs. Right. And so what percentage of your clients that would you think take some type of uh, insurance from you because you're you're already sort of having the whole financial conversation, right? Uh, you know, it's, I don't actually track the exact percentage, but the people that consider it, I would say, you know, it'd be in the 40 to 50% right. range. They either, they either, they, but also keep in mind that they already have other coverages as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it always comes to a matter of affordability if it's the right time for them now or if it's the right time for them later. We'll always follow up with our clients. 
and we try to revisit their insurance needs, their mortgage needs, financial planning needs. One thing we do, uh, and this is part of my aunt's practice, who's the financial planner, is that uh, she, the accounting side of her business is actually more of a pro bono aspect in the sense that she will offer her clients the ability to do their tax returns. And she has an accountant she keeps on staff. Mm-hmm. to process their personal tax returns. And in return, her way of giving back to charity is that they're writing a check to charity or they're paying her and the proceeds from the accounting. 100% of it goes directly to charity every year. Wow, that's that's pretty... Um, and so just do you ha- like have numbers on how much? Is that like a... Uh, it could be up, upwards of $40,000 sometimes. Right, so. wow, that's cool. I guess the benefit of all that, I guess I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but uh, the benefit of all, it's just, if you're giving someone financial advice, it's their mortgage, it's their, fi- their investments, their insurance. Like the biggest component of that is that they better to make sure they're filing their taxes the right way. Mm-hmm. If they're filing their taxes the right way, uh, you'd be surprised how many times there are errors. Accountants, you know, as great as they are, they can, they can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you have a chartered accountant who understands your business, your financial planning business. Well, and that creates a conversation. I mean, financial planners talk to their clients every year, but that creates a big conversation every year around the whole tax situation. And like, wow, that's like, that is, that is it's actually genius. I've never heard anybody do that before and pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a way to engage your client and say, you know, this is, there's a, there's a reason why you're doing this. It's a good way. To, and you understand your client as well. So that if you ever have to do their mortgage, you have access to all of this information, first of all. Second of all, you can, you understand them, their needs, their entire picture so that you can structure your application the right way. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have their accountant and their financial planner under the same roof. And it's like, oh, like, um, yeah. wow, that's a that's a team sport. It, it just it helps. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. So I'm going to move to rapid fire questions. These you can answer with short sure. answers if you like. So what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Time. They don't focus enough time on their on their selling, and they focus on more administrative stuff. Well, what one thing or habit do you think's made you successful? Uh, discipline, driving discipline, and uh, making sure I, I'm giving myself the time to uh, go out and make sure I'm doing a good job. So prioritizing everything in my life to make sure that uh, I'm focusing on my business to the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. Do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful? I have a website. I have a massive spreadsheet I've created. And I have Phylogix. Between those three, it works out. And my email. Mm-hmm. Between those four things, everything works out for me. Cool. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? The Alchemist. Yeah, because I've heard about that. I haven't read it yet. Really good book. Um, and then my last question, the DeLorean. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Yes. So if I could put you in the DeLorean and send you back when you first started as a broker, um, and you could sit down and say, you know, here's three things you need to do, um, what three things would you tell yourself? Work, work, work. I quoted that Rihanna song right I was listening to it this morning. But, uh <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. Um, just work hard, be honest, be ethical. You'll do fine. That's that's awesome, dude. And where can people find you online? Simplemortgages.ca. Well, Adele, I really appreciate your time, man, and taking uh, to share with us. And I just hope you continue to crush your mortgage business. I appreciate it. And if you guys uh, want to do this again, I'd be happy to. Thanks so much. Thanks, bud. Take care. Thanks for tuning into the I Love Mortgage Brokering podcast. Subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Also, if you take two minutes to rate the show, you will get three new deals before the end of the week. How do I know this? Actually, I don't know, but we'd really appreciate if you took some time to write an honest review. It would help us out a lot. Also, if you go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com, you can join our VIP club for mortgage brokers, and we send tips and tricks, stuff that doesn't get shared on the show. Sometimes some of the best ideas come when the recorder's turned off. If you want to get access to that stuff, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP and get on the list.